0: Time in the Saddle. My name is Ryan O'Connor. It is great to have you listening. We talk all things cycling Uh, and joined this week by a very special guest who you're going to come to get to know. Also, he's going to become a regular contributor to Time in the Saddle. Of course, I'm talking about Jason Lint. How's it, Jason? Good, good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Um, Always good to to see you. And you come always come bearing gifts, which is something that uh, Chris doesn't do. You've got coffee and it's uh, always like to be greeted with coffee and a nice fresh pastry. Like Uh, I said, nobody must drink his coffee. The Handlebar. Tell me about the Handlebar before we we, we continue
1: chatting. The Handlebar, that's a... The cafe, a buddy of mine and myself opened 2012, as it says on the logo there, and it was a little store in Seapoint, just spoke to the commuter market, very sort of uh, cult-type bike offering, which, which was around for a few years. And then we moved it uh, three years ago to inside the giant Cape Town concept store at the bottom of Bree Street.
0: I love this. Do you have merchandise like Caps? That say Caps. The handle- I want a cap. Awesome. I want a cap. Please. Perfect. This is incredible. And please, for local cyclists, go and support this. The handlebar, now inside the giant concept store in Cape Town. Now, of course, Jason is, and, and, and the the name Jason, and it's synonymous with, with I think cycling and uh, the, the Olympic store, which I think is the, the mothership. And from there, we've branched out, and you've branched out, I say we, but you, uh, to do things like the giant concept store etc but it's bringing in your veins cycling where did cycling when did you do you remember your first bicycle that you ever got
1: i do and i was thinking about it the other day actually because at the moment one of my bikes is a pink road bike and the f- one of the first bikes i remember was a pink road bike because no not even lejeune a sort of unbranded eastern model that uh, my father had obviously bought for a little kid and it didn't sell, so I got the what-won't-sell stock. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of be, it being in the blood, it is. It,
0: it's in the blood. Cycling's in the blood. You were, you were born into a family that had, had a big passion for cycling.
1: Yeah, you, you know, it was my grandfather started it, yeah. or his his brother, actually, and, and him eventually. So mm-hmm. it's been around since 1936, so it's 80-plus years, and... Uh, Back then, it it wasn't the hype of sport that it is today. It was a bicycle shop and a locksmith, and it was probably the most unglamorous type of uh, store that you could get, but We've, we've evolved with the market yeah and you are I mean you've Olympic cycles have been around like you mentioned for all these years
0: and you've kept yourself relevant to the marketplace because you need to be in this day and age uh, technology and the cycling will changes on a weekly basis we see uh, what's coming out now and we'll talk e-bikes and the journey to that um, but and then so you got your first bike and it, it was obviously a choice of whether whether I'm going to get involved in the family business is cycling for me uh, or is it something that I'm uh, you know I'm not really keen on doing it, will, will, were you forced to be involved in in the business or do you, did you find it hang on I actually enjoy this I actually love the lifestyle associated with spending hours out because I love it but the, the breakaway mm-hmm. from the hustle and bustle was that the journey for you or, or was it one where you were like Jason listen you're working on Saturday between 9 and 1 if you don't go to work no pocket money this month I, I think it, it is the world I'm in. It's the yeah. world
1: I've always known. Yeah. Um, it it uh, didn't come after a period of growing up. I always saw my father on a bike. Or I saw him in the bike shop. Mm. I He would cycle to school with me in a little baby seat. I would cycle to school from probably the age of 10, 11. Um, so it, it was just... It was just how we were going to be.
0: So is Dad still involved in the business?
1: Yeah, very much so. He uh, goes to work almost every day still.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got the, uh, like I mentioned, Olympic cycles. And, then, and now we've broken away. How long has the Giant Concepts been in Town for?
1: Three years. Yeah,
0: And we, you do
1: everything. The road bikes, mountain bikes, e-bikes. Correct, yeah. So, And then that Giant, obviously, is the biggest bike producer yeah. in the world yeah. almost. And they, they do everything. They've got a massive offering.
0: And they were the first, am I correct in saying this, to kind of explore the um, uh, uh, e-bike market segment in terms of Big uh, manufacturers to really kind of a go. Okay, we're going to take it. We, we're going to bring some products out that before anybody else was going, we need to jump on this while this is
1: hot. They were kind of. We're going to go with this. Yeah, I think because they you know you must remember in Europe uh, the, the the big volume tickets are the are the commuter bikes. So sure. They've always been in that market uh, very strongly, and and you know for us here it's a lot more the sport bikes that people use for commuting than necessarily a commuter looking mm-hmm. bike, um, but they they're super popular at the moment.
0: I think that what spoiled it for us, and I might be maybe corrected in saying this, was that before e-bikes came out in the scene, somebody somebody decided to bring electronic bikes themselves out to South Africa, and I think a lot of people got wind of the fact that I'm talking about electronic ones where you actually have a little, almost like a um, like a motorbike, where you have a little button that'll actually do all the work for you. You'll press the button. It was some Dutch brand, I forget the name, which is phenomenal for those people who don't want to actually pedal at all. Sure. Uh, if you want to commute from A to B and you want to do it in an electronic way, hmm. good for you but don't mistake that for an e-bike because that was kind of our first taste in the south african markets of what an electronic bike could be but it's not that and and having cycled one myself it is the future of cycling in terms of the the, the market, um, the, the 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 cyclist that's going to come along and buy a mountain bike that's only going to go out once on a Saturday or Sunday might easily put that bicycle aside and only pick it up once or twice a year. Somebody who purchased some, something like an e-bike is going to be more encouraged to get out more frequently due to the fact that now you can cycle with other people who are ten times fitter than you. Number one, and number two, you're finding yourself actually comfortable on a bicycle.
1: Yeah, hundred. I think there's just so many people that it appeals to. I mean. Mm. I'm riding one at the moment, simply because uh, I have the luxury of hanging out with a lot of people at times more than me. And if I want to be social and keep up with them, that's how I got to do it. You know. And uh, it just trails, access to the road, mm. and it's it's been awesome. How have you dealt with the chirps? Because I get the chirps all
0: the time. Now, I know that a lot of the people on, on, the, on the trails. Make no mistake, ladies and gents, it's a, it's hard work. There's nothing about it. The only thing it's doing is it's matching whatever you're putting out in terms of your output. It's kind of a, giving you just a little bit extra. Uh, an e-bike is a heavier bike. Uh, on the flats and certainly on the downhills, you feel it. On the uphills, there's, there's that assistance. But you still work. You have to put the extra Effort in. Um, often I get people that stop me on the trails. It used to happen a lot in the beginning where they go, oh, you cheat, or they'll pass some snide comment. Um, mm. And it's not only people that have never been on one themselves to actually realize uh, the benefits of actually cycling one. So I'd like to just encourage anybody um, who hasn't been on one yet, uh, go and down. We spoke about the giant concept store. You guys have got a bike there. Uh, you can pot around the store and they'll put it onto up, or maybe onto some rollers for you just to feel through your legs what it feels like to be on one. Um, and I know I, I, I can tell you this without a doubt that that is the future in terms of officials everyone's going to have one in their arsenal two to three uh, years time from now so e-bikes aside um is that and that's obviously growing mountain biking as a sport has just exploded over the past two three years
1: yeah you know I always use the analogy it's like traffic on the road there's people are buying cars and bikes every year and there's more out there and people have to use them and participation is pretty good i mean south africa as a country has got more mountain bike events than probably anywhere in the world and definitely more multi-day events than anywhere in the world you know in the in the season part of the year you can probably have a choice of two different stage races on one weekend so it's incredible family man you are businessman you are uh cyclist you
0: are how often a week do you get out to be able to, to to be on the bike
1: Look, I went through a bad patch recently, but I'm back, come back at it. Uh, I actually started on the indoor trainer, just little half an hour sessions just to get. Get the the momentum back again, and now I'm back to sort of three, four times a week. So that's three, awesome. four
0: times a week that's uh, it's it's admirable. I you you got to actually commit to do it. You got to say I'm going to get out there, going to do it, and it's a it's a tough call. But once you get into it, it's it's just spectacular. So um, besides those two, let's talk about the rest of the year for you guys. Obviously, some exciting new products this year. Uh, so there's still plenty of this year left. Uh, recently, we had a bike show in Europe, um, kind of celebrating some of the new products that are the kind of sneak peek for 2019. Because now's the time people start talking about what's new you uh, anything from from you guys uh, or some of the suppliers that you have in terms of what we can expect for, for, the, for the next year?
1: I think the last two, three years have been a, a lot of development every year. I wasn't mm. expecting to see much major change moving into to 2019. You know, the thing for me is always to look at it. What are the spy picks? What are the guys really in the mm. industry? Because, you know, somebody specking a bike, dealing with those brands, they know it's coming in two years' time mm. that's uh, under embargo. So it's about getting that little secret info and sure. and. Uh, knowing what's coming. I think the big thing at the moment is the Shimano XDR. I know you had Mark on the show the other day. Yeah. I didn't listen to the whole episode if you spoke about it, but I mean, you, that's, that's probably the biggest hype like at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: That's exciting. Okay, then let's um, also just talk about, uh, uh, about um, uh, buying and in terms of brand new to to cycling and mountain biking, you guys obviously cover from the very beginning and we're talking about e-bikes and we're talking about some of the uh, the latest in technology, but there's a starting point for every cyclist. So if I were to walk into, for example, uh, the giant concept store, and I, 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 don't know anything about mountain biking. I'm catered for from the word go in terms of having something that's um, uh, a great, great quality yet affordable.
1: Affordable is all relative, hey? <laughs> You know it goes. You get sneakers, yeah. you get sneakers, and 100%. you get watches and watches and yeah. bikes and bikes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the thing. We, we like to spend some time getting to know the people, yes. understanding what they want to get. Mm. You know, the final thing for me is how much they want to spend because uh, at the end of the day, we can get the right bike at a variety of, of price categories. Sure.
0: And, you, and the relationships, because let's face it, the guys that come to purchase the first one, it's not about so much the first purchase, it's about that relationship and that journey mm-hmm. to the second purchase, to the third purchase, to this person going, wow, uh, where to next, Jason? How, how you know? So it's that whole relationship that you have. And the cycling community is one that's growing, but also one that's also extremely familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go out in the cycle and you see faces of people, whether they're clients or people within the industry that you know, and, and that cycling community, it's a wonderful hub of people. Obviously, like any community, you have your uh, rotten apples that appear every now and then, but in general, the cycling community is mm. a phenomenal community that support one another tremendously.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean something I love to do, obviously when summer comes there's a lot more people on the road, but mm-hmm. head out on a Sunday by myself. By the time we finish in the ride, there's five to ten of us that we've picked up along the way and have a coffee and, and head home. It's uh, You don't have to plan to meet people, you just catch people on the road. At Same wh- on the mountain. At which store do you, or, or where do you spend most of your day? At the, where's, uh, the, where's the office for you? Yeah, at the moment in, in town. Okay. Uh, it's just uh, quicker and easier, as you know, traffic is... Uh, Problems, Uh, just uh, being close to home is good. Um, But I I head through the Olympic cycles uh, all the time. But uh, Paul, the manager there, and my and my dad are there, so they hold the ball. <laughs> next big cycling conquest for you. What's next on the cards in terms of what you're doing next? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've done Cape Epic on the second year of it, 20, 2005, 2010, 2015. Uh, I, I'm not one of those guys that can do it every year. I have the five-year gaps in it. I've earmarked. Then I sort of said to myself, okay, fine, every five years I'll do something that's epic level. Sure whether i need to do a fourth cape epic uh i don't know you know there, there are a lot of other events to to do and we'll see uh in the that's that's on the big big hit list in the short-term stuff there's uh, picket boerberg which is a, an amazing uh, mm. two-day event called the U. incredible trails they're not open to the public any time of the year except that weekend so you know you want to ride something amazing you go ride there it's the trail itself is awesome, and then there's an extra bit of the fact you just can't go ride it. Yeah. So that adds that uh, that exclusivity to it. Um, and then uh, bergen Bush, which is yeah. uh, up uh, up there. I mean, uh, I did that last year for the first time. And it's a history lesson and a bike ride because it's in a very an area where there are a lot of battles in history and they have an historian take you through stuff. So I, more, I learned more there than I did in school history over that weekend. Um, so I'll probably go up and do that again in October. And then next year's challenge is some half Ironman just to... See if we can do another one. I'm not a not a swimmer, but last time yep. I came out of the water last. I'd like to be <laughs> not last.
0: We've got a very competitive um, uh, a friend in the in the in terms of uh, who enjoys getting out there and doing this. And Ryan Richards, who uh, yes. uh, who just finished one uh, recently, and he's so competitive out there. And if you listen to this, Ryan, we won't go anywhere near you in terms of Ironman or, or the Ironman half because you're just too competitive. For, well, certainly for me.
1: Um, have you been following Twitter France at all? Um, kind of on and off. Like yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at, look at it. Package. I mean, I, I like to look at it to see if you see any. Price or bikes that yeah, you think too. are going to come out. It's uh, it's great now that the picture quality is a bit better and you can see, and it's not just like blurry yeah. things on the screen. But don't ask me <laughs> don't ask me results and stuff, thanks. S-
0: speaking of, of the products, I was looking at uh, Geraint Thomas, who's currently in, in yellow, uh, wearing a really old school pair of sunglasses. That's mm. been his traditional pair of glasses now. Mm. That manufacturer has since evolved in terms of the products that they offer. Mm. And I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day about it. As a manufacturer of the latest in sporting eyewear, for example, you want your athletes to be wearing it. And Geraint Thomas wears a signature pair of shades that that I think go back about three or four seasons, but those are his signature shades. So he's out in a yellow jersey uh, competing, and you're getting so much exposure for a pair of glasses that are no longer on sale.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it, 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 it's funny that you mentioned that because at the moment, the endorsements and stuff probably outweigh the superstition. But sure. cyclists and sport people are like so superstitious that you see their... Mm. Their tops, their vests underneath their cycling top look like something that they wore when they won junior champs at under 15. Is that Um, superstition? uh, Yeah, superstition, and they keep it on. That's crazy. Uh,
0: and that's an interesting to know. That's a very nice insight and some inside information as to how people uh, do become superstitious and tend to wear the same things as a good luck charm. Uh, Geraint Thomas currently in yellow. We'll see how things pan out. If you're listening to this in the weekend, we more than likely will have a, a winner already of La Tour. Uh, Chris Froome hot in his heels. And I don't think we're going to see Chris Froome uh, get yellow. And the simple reason for that is that Tom Dumoulin is too close on the heels of Chris Froome. And uh, he'll be not looking at uh, uh, Geraint Thomas. Tom Dumoulin will be watching Chris Froome with much interest because he's so close to Froome. He's 11 seconds off Froome at this stage of the Tour with a couple of stages left. And every move that Chris makes, Tom Dumoulin will be there to make sure he's not going anywhere. So all that Chris Froome can do at this stage is basically give it to his teammate Jerome Thomas to say, take it, Welshman, take it. This Tour is yours. So uh, we'll watch with interest. Still plenty of action left uh, in the Tour de France. In terms of local uh, uh, racing events, this coming weekend, the 28th of July, Grutflay Reformed Church. That's where you'll need to be for your winter warmer sportive. It's the BSSS. Winter Sportive. Uh, that's happening out in Gauteng. There's a 72k, there's a 52k and a 25k ride. Uh, the day after the 29th, we're out at Stonehaven on Val and Thunderbell Park. There's the Powerade to Provinces Road Cycle Challenge. There's a 60k or a 40k. It sounds really fun from 9am in the morning. Uh, there's a website that you can go check out as well, brought to you by Powerade. And, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, the next week when we chat again in a week's time. Uh, our phenomenal guest, Jason Lint, is on social media. Also, not only on social media, but I want people to come pop into the store. Please come and see the new store. It's incredible. I say new, it's been around for a couple of years, but it really is a concept store in terms of some of the coolest things in cycling. Um, phenomenal eye for what cyclists really want to see when they walk into a cycling store. The giant concept store, uh, for those people that know uh, Olympic cycles and have been to, to, to the institution that is, pop on by, always friendly stuff. Uh, and for those of you who want to try something new in terms of a nice pastry, something nice, if you've worked hard and you deserve something really good for yourself, go to the Handlebar inside uh, the
1: giant concept store.
0: Jason Lent, your superstar. How can people get a awesome, hold of you, by the man. way?
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah, give me a buzz at the store if you want. Otherwise, on Instagram, Facebook, look me up, send us a message, send it through to. The giant Cape Town Facebook page. Uh, we'll we'll always get it. Yeah, we're there on the other side of everything.
0: Phenomenal guest, and uh, like I said, ladies and gents, watch this space. Uh, Jason will be back uh, to talk more about cycling. We'll talk more li- about uh, events that are happening. Uh, it, we'll also find out a little bit about some of Jason's inner circle in terms of who the, the other guys that are holding back when he's out on a Sunday or Saturday right. There's also there's that one or two p- uh, friends that you have when you cycle with that make for great company. Others make for terrible company. We'll find that out from Jason next time he's yeah, here. Jason, thanks for stack. Thanks, Ryan.